Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast. In celebration of our 75th Jubilee year, we are talking to alumni throughout our history about who they are, what they're doing now, and their candid experiences of life on campus. We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. Today we're excited to have Sister Joan Paul Portlanger from the class of 1990 join us on the podcast. Sister graduated with an education degree and went on to have a diverse teaching background and experience before she joined the TOR Sisters. We're excited today to hear about all of her experiences that have led her back to the Hill, back on campus, into many ministries now. All right. Well, we are so happy to welcome Sister Joan Paul with us today here in the studio. She's here in the flesh. (laughs) How are you doing today, Sister? Great. Thank you. Good, good. Well, we're really happy to have you. So can we just jump in and can you tell us where you're from and how you chose to study at Franciscan? Sure. Yeah. So I'm not from any particular place, (laughs) believe it or not. My dad was a career naval officer. And actually, we moved to Steubenville for the University of Steubenville. Wow. For my dad to get, after he retired from the Navy, to get his master's in theology. So it was for your dad, wow. not even for you not guys. for me. <laughs> wow. But it was for me after <laughs> all. Right. Yeah. So my college decision was no-brainer. We were local. Yeah. I got a local half-tuition Michael, Father Michael Scanlon scholarship. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And I love the Catholic atmosphere, the dynamic Catholic atmosphere here. Right. And even in high school, I right. loved coming to campus for the fun, friendly Christian atmosphere. Yeah. So when it came to deciding colleges, like, it just, I didn't even consider others. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, and also besides the fun Christian atmosphere and... Yeah, just feeling like this was home. Uh, I wanted. I knew I wanted to be a teacher, and so oh. I knew that Franciscan had a reputable education program with early field experiences. Yeah, so that was another bonus. Mm. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you come up on campus now. You were local, so did you live on campus? Mm-hmm. Were you in the dorms, or were you doing oh, the commuter question. thing? Yeah, both. So. Oh, cool. I knew that in order to become a part of the culture here and yeah. to get to know people, I had to live on campus. And so my scholarships helped me be able to afford to live on campus my first two years. Nice. And then after that, I just couldn't swing it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then I moved back with my family for the last two years. Okay. So you had like built that foundation, made yeah. your friends right. and knew what to be involved yeah. Got in. involved. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So what did you get involved in? What were yeah. you a part of? Well, I joined a household that doesn't exist anymore. Well, what hey. was it called? What okay. was it called? A little shout out to Hanani graduates. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Hanani means here I am, Lord. Aww. And it was based on Isaiah 6 8. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so let's see. I got involved with the, I don't think they called it the school again then, right, but right. it was the choir. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The so choir got, on campus. Yes. With Pan and Mastro's as our director. <laughs> Back there, I saw the picture out here in the George in this, Rice studio yeah. entrance. Sister um, walked in and was like, hey, I know those people. Wait a minute. I'm in that picture. <laughs> I was so in the was, choir when that picture was taken. That was pretty cool. That yeah. was really cool. So the choir, I was um, involved with the orientation team my, oh, yeah. my sophomore year. 
Getting all the new with students. All the new students. Yeah. That's kind of and a rush. Can I just share a memory with that? Yeah. Okay, so my please. one memory with the orientation was we had, oh my gosh, we had to be so creative. So <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we didn't have the technology that you all have now. So we were, I think, a little more hands-on mm. creative. Oh yeah. So we had a drive-in theater as part of the orientation weekend. And we literally had to build some kind of vehicle with cardboard boxes yes. and decorate it <laughs> no. and drive the car. So you, you know, have right, some people right. get in Aww. and walk the car <laughs> to the grassy uh, J.C. Williams Center field. I don't right. know, field. It's not as grassy now and right. it has a marsh and everything, but it was like, it's, I thought it was just flat grass back then. Okay. So. It could have been. And then yeah. they would mm -hmm. put the movie on the, on a big screen outside the, the building, on a big white sheet or something. Oh, <laughs> I love amazing. that. I yeah. love that. No, that I was fun. I remember being on orientation team, I think my sophomore year too, because you come as a freshman mm -hmm. and you feel so welcomed. You're yes. like, I have to be a part of welcoming the new students. It's really like, a, I feel like you've, feel like you're you're coming again like first yes. time you're like so excited for, to meet all these new people and to welcome them to yeah. franciscan yeah. it's a good it's a good thing to be a part of it you're the first person really great to mention that i think on the podcast so. yeah oh cool yeah and another way that i got to know people is i worked in the university bookstore nice that was i know it's not called that anymore but it was for decades <laughs> but that was a great way to get to know people yeah yeah so, something else that was part of the culture back then that i got involved in it seemed like practically everyone was baptized in the Holy Spirit on campus. It was just part of the campus culture to go through the Life in the Spirit seminar. It was a seven-week seminar that was held on campus. And most of the talks, I think, were in the Christ the King Chapel. And then you had small groups. And so I went through it my freshman year. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, received the gift of tongues and other gifts, I'm sure. Um, and then I went to be part of it. Well, it was because actually an upperclassman named Dave Pavanka came into the bookstore and saw me and saw how friendly I was. And, you know, I knew so many people because of working in the bookstore. Yeah. He's just like, would you like to be on the orientation or the, the lead team for right. uh -huh. what do you call it? Core team. Yeah, yeah. Core team for the Life in the Spirit seminar. I'm like, sure. So I did that. Yeah, it was just wonderful. Um, just the atmosphere was very precious that most people were living a life in the spirit. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And I just remember like, even at mass, so many people and this, I mean, it's not like necessarily good or bad. It just was right. It was just, yes. I note, I note the difference now, but like most of the students would raise their ar arms yeah. like in a charismatic way, even during mass. And I, I don't know when this shift happened, but at some point I didn't see hands anymore. I just noticed it. I'm like, oh, that's okay. It's a little different it's, now. It's <laughs> good for you to give the picture of how it was when you were there. Yeah. Because I'm sure that there are people that are listening or will listen that say, that is how it was. Yeah. Or, yes, you're right. Now when I visit with my kid or whatever, it's not like that anymore. Yeah. Or people that'll say, really? That's how it was? Mm -hmm. So it's good that you give us a real great picture yeah. of how it was. So Yeah. Yeah. So Father Dave Pavanka was not Father Dave oh, when no. he came up to you. No. He, but he was a leader on campus and he was leading the Life in the Spirit <laughs> seminar at the time. Wow. So he had to recruit the, um, what do you call them? The team leaders. I guess. Yeah, right. the core team. Core right. team. Yeah. 
Wow, that's awesome. And what else, like, can you give us another picture of campus? Because I know there's been a lot of development in buildings that have been built. Oh, yeah. What else do you, was on campus at that time yeah. that, you know, is was then and okay. is not now? So there was yeah. one transition that I noticed building-wise. Mm-hmm. There weren't half the buildings that there are yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was a freshman, the library was in the basement of Starvaji. Okay. Now there's offices. But it, that was our library. It was pretty small and, yeah. Well, yeah. we were a much smaller student body. But we, right. we definitely outgrew it, obviously, because then by my second year, the JP2 library was built. And so that was a great place to study for the next okay. three years. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. That is really cool. I don't think we have heard somebody that has been at Franciscan while that's been mm. being built. Mm-hmm. So we've that heard about exciting. people studying in the basement of Starvaji, but that's okay. really cool. Yeah, that yeah. was the one change. Uh, the big, with like the a big change. That happened. Yeah. That's the right. only change I remember from my time was like no dorms were built. It was just um, Francis, Marion, Trinity, and Tommy Moore. Okay. Okay. And did you only have the first two levels of Tommy Moore or did you have four? You had the four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Wow. But like on the lower levels was offices like fire. The fire offices was faith, <laughs> intercession, repentance, and evangelism. Mm. So Father Mike Scanlon Mike's, started these yeah. fire teams, oh, these evangelization right. teams. So they had offices there. Okay. I'm sure there were other things that had other people, departments right, that had right. offices, but that's the one I remember. That's so interesting. I didn't that's know there were great. offices in right. the bottom of Tommy Moore. Right. Yeah. Wow. And so I'm assuming you did go on to study education. I did. Yes. Yeah, elementary nice. education. Um, and then did you go and teach from there? Or where did uh, <laughs> where did your life yeah. and the Lord take you? <laughs> yeah. Well, life after graduation, I just want to preface this by saying, and this is honestly the truth, everything that worked out well, all my major stepping stones in life is because it's related to me having come out of Franciscan University Steubenville. Literally, that was my green card (laughs) in a Mm -hmm. a sense. Um, So after I graduated, I moved to Baltimore, Maryland. So I had had a lot of my childhood in a suburb of D.C. So Maryland was familiar to me. But I wanted to go somewhere where there was Catholic community and also paying attention to where did Franciscan graduates go. Mm, I knew I needed Catholic community. And at the time... Because I looked to the state where I'm most familiar, and yes, a lot of grads went there and actually joined a covenant community called the Lamb of God Covenant Community. So I went to join them, and I ended up living out of college with a couple. The wife had graduated from Franciscan University. I never knew her because we didn't overlap, but she had been a household sister. preceding me that's really cool and so they allowed me to live with them that first year trying to just get my feet on the ground yeah I didn't get a job right out of college like a full-time teaching job but I substitute taught yeah in Mm -hmm. Baltimore County so um it was a it was a place to live yeah and then the second thing that worked out well I was a nanny uh the year after that and the so the second thing that worked out because I was a graduate from Franciscan was my first classroom, and this was down in Managua, Nicaragua. So they okay, had. Okay, so you're, you go from <laughs> yes, Baltimore. Yes. You're like, you know what? This is kind of boring. 
How about we just how about we just hop a country here? You know what? I just <laughs> wanted a classroom. Oh. I had gotten this degree and I hadn't had my own classroom in two years. Oh my goodness. Because I didn't have the right connections. But now yes. finally I did. <laughs> because Colegio Lincoln is looking for FUS grads particularly. Oh, wow. And they got 14 of us. 14 of us guinea pigs. Wow. Oh my goodness. Most had just graduated from Franciscan. And then I had yeah, you you jumped know, been on a couple the, years yeah. before them. And so we all went down and had this wonderful, amazing experience in Managua, Nicaragua. Um, and that school is still thriving today. In fact, there are uh, mission trips other than the last couple years. With COVID. Mm -hmm. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there had been a mission trip for years. And we, they specifically connect with this school, Colegio mm. Lincoln. Very I think it's cool. called, they, they expanded yeah. the name. Colegio Lincoln uh, of the Holy Family, International Academy of the Holy Family. Okay. Okay. So, okay. It's wow. A long day. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, how long were you in Nicaragua? Just a year. But you were teaching it was so there. intense. But it was great. But, you know, it was the best of times, the worst of times. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the highs, the lows. It was just intense. It was wonderful. Don't, re no regrets. Yeah. But couldn't do it a second year. <laughs> Most of us couldn't. I think there were two that returned. Yeah, that's Were you that's teaching a lot. in English or Spanish? Oh, I don't know Spanish well enough to okay. teach in it. <laughs> okay. But um, all my classes were in English. Okay, yeah. great. Because it was a bilingual school. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and so when they first uh, told me that I was hired, they said, you'll have third grade. So I bought a whole trunk full of like supplies, supplies, yeah. teaching supplies, manipulatives and yeah. things that, and then I got there and they go, uh, we changed our mind. You have sixth grade. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, so no. I shared <laughs> my supplies. I use some of them, but then I, yeah, I shared. Wow. That's a little different developmental wise. <laughs> yeah. A little yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, the third thing that worked out really well. So after, after, the year in Nicaragua, I moved back to Baltimore and worked in the Lamb of God school. So oh, it was cool. ecumenical school. And yeah, so I finally got my own classroom and taught uh, literature and grammar to middle school for four years. Okay, but then I just had this, I can't explain it, but it was this just itching desire to go to Europe. I'd never been there and I just had such a, a hunger for it. I couldn't explain it. Now, did they have the Austria program when you went to Franciscan or was it just developed? I don't, I don't think no, it had started it until what? It happened the semester after I graduated. Oh, no. <laughs> I graduated in spring of 90 and they started in fall of 91. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, oh, so maybe, just maybe there is. Yeah, you just missed it. Okay. So you have this overwhelming, mm -hmm. just, you have to get out. I just you have, have to, to get, go. Okay. I have to get across the ocean. I can't explain it. I was so desperate. So. Back then, it was internet was brand new. Email was brand new and had the AOL loud uh, sounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even have my own computer, whatever. So I'm doing research the old-fashioned way. So I'm going to the library and I'm looking up overseas schools and I'm just sending my resume to all these schools. But again, I had no personal connection. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm telling you, that is mm -hmm. the only way I've ever gotten a job. It is not mm -hmm. how you look on paper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge part. Yeah. Definitely. So I then was looking at Franciscan Way magazine <laughs> and my heart literally skipped a beat. My heart started just to pound and I was so drawn to this one picture. It was a picture with a caption 
<laughs> and it said, "Look who's teaching at an all-girls Swiss wait an all-girls boarding school in the Swiss Alps." And it was one of the alumni. I never knew her, but it was an alumna, and she had her email. Oh. And I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And so I emailed her, and she said, "Well, I'm not returning next year, so my position's open." And so I applied. And I got it. Wow. <laughs> Talk about very, it's not fate. It was really the Lord's way for you. That is crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. It was awesome. So you have, you really had an, a storied teaching career from, you know, smaller ecumenical school, Baltimore, Maryland, hmm. Nicaragua. Now you're heading off to a boarding school in the Swiss Alps. I mean, you could be like yeah. a poster child. So like, <laughs> look what you can do with your education <laughs> yeah. degree. You know, <laughs> true. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, it was just amazing that all the major things that worked out, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's because I graduated from Franciscan Mm -hmm. or it's some kind of connection. Yeah. They got the magazine. I mean, I never would have known about that opportunity. Okay. So you go, you go to Europe. Yeah. You go to teach. How long are you there for then? A year. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) People are like, why would you only spend a year? Well, it's a lot. (laughs) It's because toward the end of that year, um, I received my call. Yeah. To religious life. Okay. So I couldn't still linger, you know, yeah. knowing that I got to find out where I'm supposed to land now that I know what I'm supposed to do. Mm. <laughs> so do you feel like that that itching, that desire to go to Europe, God was bringing you there for a specific purpose to Absolutely. call you there? Absolutely. And he's just so good because, I don't know, I've always, because being a Navy brat, like I just have a travel bug in me. Mm-hmm. That was part of it. But then also, um, I just, yeah, I love other cultures and languages and experiences. And so he, like, gave me that as a gift, like, fulfilled that desire in me. And not only am I, I have a classroom, and then I have this other desire to travel, to experience cultures and just the beauty of God's creation in different countries. So he's fulfilling that desire. And then there was one desire left that I was holding out for. And that mm-hmm. was my desire to get married. <laughs> <laughs> and then he really like hit me over the head with a spiritual two by four <laughs> out of the blue. Did not expect it. Did not know. I was not entertaining the idea. It wasn't <laughs> oh, on the table. Just life. Wow. No. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about that experience. How did he break in and change your plans? (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So part of my job was besides teaching the humanities to these high school girls, um, was traveling with them, chaperoning them to different countries at different times. Um, and it was going to be over spring break. And the directress of the school came down. It's a Catholic boarding school. Okay. And she came to me and said, how would you like to, instead of going to Lourdes with the girls, how would you like to go to Rome on a retreat for Holy Week? And I said, oh my gosh, yes. Hmm. Yeah. 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 You take that opportunity for sure. I needed a spiritual kick in the pants too, because I was kind of backsliding. I was kind of getting lukewarm. And my faith, and um, 
I knew I needed a spiritual cooking the pants. So again, I was like, oh, absolutely, I would love to. And that's the retreat that changed my life. Wow. I didn't expect it. It wasn't a discernment retreat. It was a Holy Week retreat. Yeah. And it was there that the priest who was giving the retreat, um, just with his words, painted a picture of the passion of Christ. And this is way before the movie came out, right? But mm. it just oh, yeah. became so real to me how much he suffered for me personally and how much my sins attributed to his suffering. And so then I was like, oh, gosh, you can't just do nothing, right? And so the priest even said, so what's your response going to be to Jesus? And I was like, thank you, Jesus. You know, in my <laughs> head, like, uh, how do you respond? Right. With, uh, and he said, gratitude is a great place to start, but you can't stop there. He said, I challenge each of you to go before Jesus in the blessed sacrament and say, Lord, what is standing in the way of me surrendering myself completely to you? That's a scary question to ask. Wow. But mm -hmm. I did it because I, I wanted to know, you know, I was just right. obedient. And so I did. And to my absolute astonishment, I heard an answer and it was just like a really loud thought and it wasn't my own <laughs> and it was your desire to get married, that's what's standing in the way. And I was like, what else mm. is there? And then I look around, and it was consecrated women that are running this <laughs> retreat. And I'm like, oh, uh -huh. I know what else there is. Okay. And I wish I could tell you. I said, yes, Lord. And I did it. <laughs> my, you know, my household, yes. here I am, Lord. Sorry, did not respond that way. Aww. I responded honestly with, Oh no, <laughs> do I have to? Then <laughs> again, I just heard, I just felt like I heard, he was saying, I'm not going to make you do it, but will you do it for love of me? And I was like, oh my gosh, how can I say no? But you know what? I can't say yes right now because the idea kind of repulses me rather mm, than yeah. attracts me. And I can't do something that I think is going to make me miserable the rest of my life. Hmm. Yeah. So I just said, okay, Lord, well, I can't say yes right now, but I want to be able to say yes. So you got your work cut out for you. <laughs> you know, like you created this heart. So now you got to change this heart and I'll yeah. just be open. That's all I can do is open the doors and let you do your thing. And he did it. I can't explain how, but he did it so fast. I felt like my heart just did a 180 and, and within like a month. And I just wanted what he wanted. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, I think... I think my life is going to look different than I've always pictured it. <laughs> That's saying something for someone that is brave and courageous enough to travel around the world, teaching children that you don't even know to say, yeah, I'm going to go to this thing that is maybe even scarier than all of that. I don't know if scary is the right word. Yeah. But unknown. Unknown. And, and so unattractive, different. to be honest. It was yeah. unattractive at yeah. first. Hmm. Oh Until gosh. it grew on me. Yeah. So how did your heart change in that way Yeah, for it yeah. to grow on you? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I said, God just did it. Took time. And all of a sudden, I just found my heart kind of like looking at her going, how did you do that? <laughs> you yeah. know, like all of a sudden, I think it was actually, it, I think it was JP2's universal call to holiness. I know he's not the only one, but he really right. promoted that. And I missed it. Sorry, mm. a Franciscan somehow went over my head. There I missed that. I feel like a lot of stuff. I'll like read stuff <laughs> later and somebody will be like, we learned that in right. this course. Mm. And I'm like, oh, we did? Great. Oh. Yeah. It was like that. I was like, how did I miss that? It's yeah. so embarrassing. 
Yeah, Universal called to holiness and like, oh my gosh, I was just doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was having a pretty happy life, happy-go-lucky, la, 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 you know, yeah. just going through life, doing what I wanted to do. God was blessing me and giving me the desires of my heart. And then all of a sudden, oh, he had to change my heart to give me the deeper desires mm. of my heart. Mm-hmm. So I had to reflect deeper, basically, mm. and realize, first of all, what's my point in life? It's not just to do what I want to do. Okay, uh, it's the call to holiness. Which path is going to make me most holy? Hmm. So uh, every time I would consider the two, it was like arrows pointing in two directions, right? Toward marriage, yeah. toward religious life. Um, for me, this does not mean that one is selfish and one is generous at yeah. all. Both are a call to die to self, right? <laughs> yeah. But in my own motivations... When I would think of marriage, it was all about me. My perspective was mm. my man, you know, right. my good looking man with right. a lot of money and, you know, lots of chil- lots of adopted children. Um, yeah, I just, but it was all about me. And then anytime I thought about religious life, it was like, not about me at all. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. I'm like, oh, gosh, I wonder which one. <laughs> I wonder which one it is. So that was just my own internal motivation yeah. that I was able to see. And then over time, and he continued to do this even after I entered the community. You know, it's an on, discernment's an ongoing process. And the church gives you at least eight years once you join religious life. Unlike marriage where one and done, boom, you know, at the altar for life. This was, the church gives you like eight years even, you know, once mm-hmm. you enter. So it, it continued to flesh out my first couple years in community, but um, two things. Um, one is that I realized that the deeper desires of my heart, I just had to change my perspective. I was just looking on an earthly plane. So I, I was lo- waiting for Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I wonder who that is, you know, <laughs> but never really thought of Jesus, but he is the only one, right? Mm-hmm. So that just that high bar <laughs> that I was looking for. Um, and then just my desire to adopt like a dozen children and then realizing, whoa, on a spiritual plane, that's spiritual children. Hmm. I just had to reinterpret. Those desires didn't change. They were just elevated and just reinterpreted. Then the other thing that I learned is that this is like a spiritual shape, right? Hearts are shaped spiritually, either convex or concave. So she's pointing her hands like in and out, right? Yeah. Going, yeah. Yeah, so in. convex, I have my fingertips going together. And that's most people. And most people's call to heaven is through another person in the sacrament of matrimony. And you funnel all yourself and your energies into that one person. And that one person and your family helps you go to heaven. Reflecting on my heart, I'm like, that is not the shape of my heart. Mine is convex. So now I'm putting the heels of my uh, palms, hands, yeah. palms of my hands together. Convex is that I need to embrace the world, everyone, the universal church. This is my family. And then that is my way to heaven. So once I realized that, it was mm. it was just easier oh. to say, yeah, that's me. That's how you created me. I see now why this is my vocation. And the other, oh. and then after I was in community and I would think about marriage, I would feel claustrophobic. And wow. like, it's too small. It's too small. I can't do it. It's too small. Mm. And so then I would think about, oh, yeah, I need the world. I need the universal mm. church, you know. 
I don't think so, I've ever heard it described like that. Yeah. That's really beautiful. That's, Not my own, but I it helped me in my discernment. Yeah. Sure. Oh my gosh. And so how did you come to the TORs and make that decision? Yeah. So uh, I went after I finished off teaching in the Swiss Alps <laughs> and I traveled with a colleague. I still wasn't done traveling. <laughs> so I traveled a bit for the summer and then I ended up back in Rome at the same consecrated place right outside of Rome for a, literally a discernment boot camp, I call it. They, they did not call it that. They called it a candidacy program. But <laughs> You're like, you really should rebrand this because yeah. that is not really accurate. Oh, it was a spiritual boot camp for me. I felt like a wild bird that was being caged in oh. a good way. Tamed. Um, tamed, okay. tamed. Tamed. Yeah. So, yeah. So I did that. And that so this was 40 days. Okay. So it was a pro, it was a spiritual program and it involved going into the city of Rome and doing things, um, spiritual things like a pilgrimage, right? So many holy places and Holy Week before that, that one retreat, I forgot to mention, we did things with JP2, like the Stations of the Cross outside the Coliseum, you know, Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday and, and, uh, St. Peter's Square. So you know, he had something to do with my my whole mm. openness. So back to the spiritual boot camp. So it was 30 days of a program of just learning how to pray with scripture and meditate and, and living a consecrated rhythm of life and then also recreating with them and then you know, doing pilgrimages and it was it was a nice balance. It was and it was international. There were women from all over the world that were at this. Then it ended with, so 30 days of that, and then 10-day silent Ignatian retreat. Hmm. Wow. I highly encourage this to anyone that is discerning anything major. You cannot not know <laughs> God's will. You can't hide you when can't. you're silent for 10 yeah. days. <laughs> you can't not have more clarity after something like hmm. that. And so at the end of that is when I knew I had, for sure, for sure, the vocation and I didn't know where to start. Oh. And I knew it wasn't with them, and they knew it wasn't with them. Yeah. And so I just asked the Lord. I was like, I don't know. What do I do now? This isn't my spirituality. And I felt like he said, why don't you start in your own backyard? Hmm. And so while I was a student here, my community was born on this campus in 1988. It was kind of a grassroots yeah. Uh, community with students and secular Franciscans and a couple sisters from other com- Franciscan communities that helped birth it hmm. with the TOR friars, some of them as the uh, spiritual advisors. And I was not interested. Like I said, I didn't even look at it. What? Yeah. Bad an eye. Um, but this is, you know, 11 years later. And on my own backyard, oh, that must be the TOR sisters. My parents live five miles away. Hmm. So I came and I checked it out. I visited and it's not like they were strangers. I went to college with some of them. Right. Um, And then I went to the vocations fair on campus. And that was helpful. You know, I wasn't a student, but hey, it's open to anyone. Yeah. And and by then, you know, Finnegan's build, so many other buildings are built by Finnegan. They've been having this vocations fair. And so I made my rounds, got my literature. And for me, I need to know my options. 
right? right? So even though I had this sense, start in your own backyard, that said start in your own backyard. That doesn't mean. You're really taking the Lord literally <laughs> here, sister. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I needed to know options and that was okay. So I came back to, to Steubenville, lived with my parents and I substitute taught so I could make some income. Oh yeah. But then I was free to convent hop. Hmm. So I did. You know, when I, yeah. when, when they offered vocations, retreats and things like that. So I visited a handful. That's all I needed, a handful. And then it was, again, a TOR friar, Father Joe Lehman, who is now the provincial of the Sacred Heart Province. Um, he was on campus and they invited him, the TOR sisters invited him to be the, the homilist at the mass on this vocation discernment retreat. And... He said what I needed to do. He just shared his own story. And as he shared it, I thought, okay, that's what I need to do. And he mm. said when he was discerning, he just had to take a leap and go with his heart and almost just like dive in and just go with his heart. And I said, okay, that's what I need to do. Because cerebrally, I could not decide. There were mm. so right. many goods. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go, okay, where do I feel most at home and at peace? Right. And it was with the TOR sisters. Hmm. Like it was birthed on this campus. Uh, right. Fr Franciscan spirituality is really all I knew. It was familiar to me. And then it was charismatic as well as, yeah. you know, having the liturgy of the hours and the traditions of the church. Anyway, it was just the right blend. And then also the contemplative active rhythm of life. When I thought of myself as being a teacher the rest of my life, I never wanted that. I never wanted to be a career teacher. I was remember I was looking right. to get married, right? Right. And, and, right. and nurturing children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then the Franciscan TOR sisters, different than a lot of the other communities I visited, which had full time jobs. That just, oh, that just rebelled pulsed me. I mean, I can't, God bless them. God bless you sisters who do full, full-time careers on top of Aww. your consecrated life. But it just wasn't my blend. Right. It, it didn't resonate with me. And the Franciscan TOR sisters, they never took on full-time jobs. And it was just this contemplative act of rhythm. So it's like prayer, ministry, prayer, work, prayer, woven throughout the day and only part-time things. And I thought, oh, good. That just, that's what I want. And I, when I pictured myself as married, I didn't want to be like ships passing in the night, both working full-time jobs. Hi, honey. Bye, honey. You know? Yeah. And I didn't want my relationship with Christ to be that way either. I just wanted more prayer built in, more connection built in throughout the day. And so this was the right rhythm that just resonated with my soul. That's so cool. Yeah. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And so you've had a presence on campus still and with students. Can you share a little bit about what you've done um, in your ministries? Sure. So I started working for Franciscan University in 2009. Okay. So okay. when did you enter? Okay. So life I again? entered in 1999. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so nine years after. I entered the community and then 10 years later in 2009, I got hired to go to Gaming, Austria. Finally! To travel. Oh, yeah. I know. And and that, that's the irony. <laughs> I was like, I thought I gave up all my traveling yeah. right, for this community. And really, I did. We weren't a presence on campus when mm. I entered the community. Okay. Oh, we yeah, weren't okay. in Gaming then right, when right. I entered in 99. 
So I thought I was giving this up, but how God mm. cannot be outdone in generosity. Yeah, and, he cannot. And, yep. I, and I was really willing to give it up, and I felt fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the Holy Land, by the way, as my last pilgrimage before entering community. Oh. And I thought, I'm just going to end with the go pilgrimage with of all pilgrimages yeah. and then be good, right? Go out with a bang. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then settle down yeah, exactly. <laughs> to community life in Steubenville. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so 2009, to my absolute astonishment, uh, my community sent me over there, and I was in charge of liturgical music and just training leaders for masses, musical leaders for masses, and also for um, festivals of praise and weekly praise and worship. Yeah, and, and traveling, of course. Once wow. more traveling, right. there were some places that I hadn't been to before <laughs> that I got to experience and other familiar places that I got to experience again. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was, beautiful. Oh, wonderful. And I just love the students. And oh, they just, I think they keep me young. I really do. Um, I just feel, yeah, they just keep me young. I love college-age students. And like I said, I taught middle school. And when I got to working with college age, I thought, oh my goodness, they have all the good qualities of middle schoolers <laughs> and none of the negative. Uh, so to me, it was like uh, utopic. I'm like, this is my age group. <laughs> that's awesome. You're like, Lord, you're so good to me. <laughs> yeah, you're so better. good. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's great. So you were in Austria and now um, we know that your order, the TR Sisters, they have a lot. You guys have a lot of different ministries local. I know that you have a house down in Florida. Um, what have you done and how have you been involved on campus since yeah, sure. at Franciscan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did three years over there to begin with, right, doing what I explained. Yeah. And then I was sent back to main campus. And on main campus, I was hired by the Office of Evangelization and I worked with the Born of the Spirit core team, mm-hmm. and then also weekly praise and worship, um, and FOP core team. Nice. So just helping those leaders and giving formation to them. And that was for two years. And then they sent me back to Goming again oh. for three more years. Wow. wow. You really got... You, I'm not going to say the cush job because being <laughs> a sister is not a cush job. Okay, but you know what? You but have some, there, something resonates in what you're saying. I would tell people when they say, what's it like? Two things. One, it was like going to Narnia. Aww. And then coming back was like coming back to real life. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And then um, also I tell people, to be honest, it was like a paid vacation. And not that it wasn't work, but I enjoyed so much what I did. I enjoyed music. So it's a hobby, right? you know, a love. And then I get to travel. And then I get to be with students that I love. Oh, my gosh. It was like all my it's loves all together. You're just like, this is a dream. Yeah. In such a beautiful place. Yes. Uh, wow. Unbelievable. Oh Sometimes I say, pinch me. Am I really looking at that? Yeah. Is that for real? Or is that a picture that's been painted or a oh postcard or a calendar? Gosh. You know? Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, the, you know, it was just wonderful. In my last year, I had to train another sister. I knew I was going to be phasing out. Right. And so I trained another sister to do what I had been doing. And then I just met with students one-on-one. So just nice. for spiritual guidance, spiritual accompaniment, mm-hmm. just to talk about anything they wanted to talk about. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. You, okay. have, a, you have a lot of children now I instead do. of just oh, <laughs> 12 so adopted many. children. Oh, my gosh. You know, like 12 <laughs> is the number of completion, right? Right. And Aww. so it's just exponentially 12, 12 times <laughs> 12 times 12. Yeah. Yeah. 
hundreds and hundreds of children. Yeah. 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 And then, so what am I doing now on campus? It changed. So then I left campus for like three years, at least four, maybe four. And then I came back and two years ago, I was a hall chaplain in Colby Clare. And then last year I worked for the first time for the missionary outreach office under RET and helping with the works of mercy. And this year I'm doing those two things combined. So now I'm going to be a chaplain in Louis Liz. And then I'll also work with the works of mercy leads and helping them in formation. And then also meeting with the leaders one-on-one. Hmm. That's, That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. You wear many hats. I do. Yeah. Many veils, we say. <laughs> many veils. Yeah. And you get to live on campus. I moved back to campus just two days ago. <laughs> All right. Back in the Heights with no road access. Look at that. With no so, road access. Yeah. So yeah. notice uh, you You're were really holding the door for me and I'm walking down University I Boulevard to get that. here. <laughs> I was I was waiting for it. I saw her walking down. I'm like, wow, she really is living like you're living the campus life. Yeah, <laughs> I should have picked you up on my way, no, but yeah, it's the, okay. I need the exercise. It's yeah, good. the heights. Yeah, because of all the construction, yeah. there's no road. No road to get in and around right now. We literally have to crawl through the grass. <laughs> Not crawl, but yeah, <laughs> walk through the grass. Yeah, and uphill both hills. ways. No, yeah. I'm just <laughs> oh my gosh! So you have you have lived many lives here in Steubenville on campus in our Gaming campus. Yeah. Many roles. Mm -hmm. What would you say to students nowadays? What advice would you give to either, you know, outgoing students, people discerning? I mean, I'm sure you you give this advice often because you talk to these students all the time. I don't know if I have, to be honest. (laughs) All right. Well, give it to us. I gave it to one. Yeah, maybe (laughs) once or no. (laughs) So I'm not going to give it to to more. I don't know. I don't say this more often. (laughs) But I would say look for Catholic community. Either find it. Or build it yourself. I love that. Because I think that's crucial for keeping the faith in a world that is becoming more and more hostile to our faith. Mm. And I think it's the only way to to remain Catholic, really. I mean, some people might be really, really strong, st- swimming upstream against the current. Mm-hmm. But I think most of us, we need support. And such a strong downward pull that I've seen so many graduates lose the faith over oh. over the years. I mean, so many. It's very disheartening. So I think that would be my advice to if you if you want to buoy up and sure up your faith and don't think that you're invincible and that you're not going to be the one to lose it because you know what I almost could have lost it had I not been in the environments that supported it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. We we do need each other. Mm-hmm. You're so you're so right. Yeah, we are one body. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus Period. gave us the church. <laughs> so. Yeah. Or you think about all those saints that you know are giants in and amongst themselves. Who is it? Um, Francis de Sales and like Jane. They were Sa- they were buddies. Yes. It's like even the saints needed each Francis other. Francis and Claire. There it is. There you go. We are actually recording this on the yeah. feast day of yes, Saint Claire. That's a sister was praying with us beforehand. You, they need each other. Yeah. You need your buddies. Yeah. Scholastica and Benedict. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we could go on and on. <laughs> so, so let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. So, sister, we have our hot takes from the hill, which are just kind of some quick answers to fill us in on a little bit more of your life as a student. So can you tell us who your favorite professor was? Yeah. Okay. It's a tie. Okay. Between the, my two education professors, 
It was Mrs. at the time, now Dr. Lucille Smith. Oh, mm. love her. Yeah. <laughs> and Dr. Diane Keenan. Oh. Nice. Wonderful. Okay. How about your favorite class? My favorite class was actually an elective class. And it was the humanity, oh, well, they call it humanity, it's called Catholic culture now. But back then, it was the only class, it was the very beginning of human life studies, it was called. Mm. Human life studies. Or Human Life Issues, I think it was, H-L-I, Human Life Issues, and it was with Dr. Rita Marker. And I have to say, the only soundbite I remember from my entire college career came from her, and I've seen it prove true in our society then and since, right? You can see it much more in hindsight. It is all social engineering is preceded by verbal engineering. So you change the the meaning of the words, mm. you change the beliefs and what people will accept mm. because of it. Wow. Yeah. That's a nugget of That's wisdom. A lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, where was your favorite place to study as a student? The JP2 library. Ah. <laughs> but only after I would make my social rounds. <laughs> so I would put my things at a table or, or a cubicle. I would literally walk both floors, walk around, talk to everyone I knew, and then I could just settle down and and focus. Were you at like the front so that you could see who's yeah, coming yeah. in? No, no, no. I would no. put myself yeah. in a cubicle okay. so that yeah. usually at a cubicle if I really needed to study. <laughs> and that's why I'd make my rounds to know right. who's here and have right. my little conversations. And then I could focus because I'm not it. missing out because I already did my thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we love asking this question, favorite friar or sister. And now you can be one of those. Yeah. But as a student, yeah. you know, who? There weren't many sisters. But right. my friar, it's a tie. That's fine. Go like for it. That. Yeah, Father Mike Scanlon. Of course. Oh. And Father Augustine Donovan. Okay. There it is. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, what was your favorite thing to do off campus? Yep. Easy. It was to bring my friends to my family's house on Lawson Avenue. Aww. Aww. They loved it. My family loved it. I loved it. It was just awesome. They're like, oh, it was so nice to have a taste at home. It was so nice to be in a home. It was so nice to have home-cooked food. Yeah. Yep. so nice to meet your family. Yep. You know? That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's so great. All right. And finally, with all of your <laughs> travels, you've been in so many places. Have you ever run into an alum in an unexpected place? Oh, yes. Many times, <laughs> both in our country and abroad. Yes. This happens quite often. But I just learned to expect the unexpected. Right. And I found that being part of the Franciscan University of Steubenville family makes the already small Catholic world <laughs> even smaller. And it's it true. just makes the world so small. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I love oh, well, sister, I'm so glad to know you now and to meet you. So thank you for sharing your story with us. You're um, welcome. And yeah, if anybody's back on campus, come and find sister, say hello. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we look forward to hearing more about your ministries. All right. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legends from the Hill. If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan Alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus. Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75-year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill.